smaller on the outside. Hey, what's up and welcome back to Smaller on the Outside, or as I would like to call it, SotoCast, the first, the best, and the only Doctor Who podcast that you just can't miss. My name is Dave, and with me as always is... Andy. Who today is going to play the Carvinista. All right, so today's episode is called The Halloween Apocalypse. It's the first Halloween special of Doctor Who. So at this point, we've had Christmas specials, New Year's specials, and now Halloween special. There was technically an Easter special with the 10th Doctor where they went to the Planet of the Dead. But oh, it was technically... That was Easter? Technically, but o- there was only a very brief... Uh, reference to it <laughs> so okay. I, I don't really brief, count it though. brief reference yeah. now this episode okay is the first of a six-parter the first i, I want to say for like doctor who no they've done six parters no? they've done six oh, parters you're, talking about, the, like, you're, you're probably talking about classic who. i'm talking about new who though yeah and it's interesting because with chris chibnall we're all like oh he's like against like two-parters <laughs> and then the next the next season or series that he did he had like a one or two of them or something like that was it uh yeah and then this <laughs> year apparently he's just all of them are connected the whole was, season is one story and it's called flux doctor who flux there was one two-parter last year or not last season yeah okay last season was one two-parter and this time we're talking about six connected episodes which means we're gonna We're going to see a lot of um, timey-wimey stuff as kind of hinted at in this episode. It it feels very complicated, I want to say. There's so many things happening in this episode that I I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to string it all together for this (laughs) podcast because there's so much happening. So many characters, so many worlds, so many things happening. But as I said, it's 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 a it's a six-parter. So I mean, that's what we probably don't it's have to understand to, it all yeah. at first. It's bound to be complicated, and just to make things more complicated. The way that it starts, you're already thrown into the action uh, of a story that like feels like it's midway through. This like feels yeah. like this feels like uh, episode two, maybe of what should be maybe seven-parter. Because something's already happening. I mean, it's sort of like Star Wars in that sense. When you come into it, things have already started happening. Sure. Star Wars is kind of like that. But usually with Star Wars, we have an opening scroll to kind of get you acquainted <laughs> with what's already happening. And with Doc- Doctor Who, we have not seen that. That would have been so nice. Yeah. It would have been nice to have something. Though I think there was maybe some prequel stuff going on before this uh with some stories i'm not sure was there are you talking like comics or maybe i'm not sure but there was definitely something that was alluded to before this episode but i'm not entirely sure Mm. but a lot of this episode takes place in liverpool and get to meet one of our newest uh companions here dan daniel and I don't, I don't know I think it's I, just Dan. It's just Dan? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if I like him yet. He has a very thick accent. He does. Very thick Liverpool accent. I almost want to say <laughs> the show needs some subtitles anytime that he speaks because I'm having some difficulties picking out what he's saying. But I can kind of take some context clues from the conversation in order to know what he's saying. I actually felt something like that 
the first time that I saw Jodie in the role. Right. This version of Doctor Who with uh, Chris Chibnall has had a lot of accents that were a little harder to understand. It's. I don't think it's so bad, but sometimes the mixing of the audio is not as good as it needs to be to very clearly make out the dialogue, and so that becomes a problem. It does. Obviously, that does not help. Yeah. <laughs> so the start of this episode is. Uh, it takes place on some kind of foreign world where there's like this ocean of acid going on we got yaz and the doctor who are basically they're they're working together ryan and granddad forget his name <laughs> graham they're gone graham graham they're gone now as we know from the last episode yes so they're working together though we don't really get to see many of their single adventures this is the end of one yeah they're in the middle of a hunt for a character called the Carbonista. We don't know why yet. We still don't really know the extent as to why by the end of this episode. Like, but why, we, why yeah, did I guess they get... have a run-in with Carbonista before this uh, story even started? Like, what's that yeah. about? Like, we know why the Carbonista is there have, by the end of this episode. Yes, yeah, they have a history, and they also have a history with... Swarm, which is the character who's the actual villain of the episode too. Right, yes. But we don't know much about that either. So this is a very, very mysterious, uh, elusive, elaborate, complicated episode, like I said before. We don't know the answers to everything yet. It's a big jigsaw puzzle. But apparently people do know what the general gist of this season's gonna be about. People do, do know this? <laughs> uh, yeah, because on the TARDIS Wikia, if you just go to the season overview, like there's stuff on like the first paragraph that I saw for a second, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, we don't know this stuff yet. Oh no, I don't. I never go to the season pages because they do contain spoilers. I go to the episode pages. I, I didn't know that because I I went to the season in order to find the episode. But I was if like, you okay, go on the good. on that not main great. page, um, there's like a a link under TV Doctor Who main episode list. And then you can just find the episodes in, uh, individually that way. So, again, they're on this weird planet. They're looking for Carbonista. Whoever's on this planet is planning the destruction of Earth because it's Doctor Who. Of course. It's a very, by the way, it's a very green screen heavy intro. It's one of the most heavy green screen intros I've ever seen from Doctor Who. And not only just because it's green screen, but because the entire planet's basically CG as well. So I, I, I found it to be incredibly noticeable, mm. especially because on BBC America, when they did like the frame blending, yeah. when it was like 60 frames a second when it looked like that, you could tell even more how fake it looked, at least to me. So if you can see this without that frame blending, yeah, it would BBC probably BBC look America better. has a tendency. Well, the problem is it's filmed in 25 frames per second, and American oh, yeah. television standards are 60 hertz, which means there's no clear way between 25 frames per second and 60. So what they tend to do is uh, blend the two. You can either blend it to 24. You can either slow it down to 24 frames per second, which does display okay at 60 hertz. Or you can uh, introduce some frame blending to make it a little bit more accurate to the original, but you get some loss. But the problem is, BBC America also has commercial breaks, and so to fit the time limit, they tend to do some speed up sometimes. 
So frame... That makes sense, yeah, because Doctor Who is not supposed to have commercials. That's another thing that really annoys me with BBC America. Yeah. Like, uh, they're not built to be episodes to be split up. So, so some of the frame blending technology they use and some of the speed up can result in bits of the episode that feel like they're like 60 frames per second. Or in other words, the soap opera effect. Yeah. So anyways, on that planet, and they're like, guess what, guys? You're all going to be plummeting to this acid sea, and I'm going to go destroy the Earth now. You know, that doesn't exactly happen. The doctor starts... I don't know, speeding away on the thing. I don't even remember how that happens, but it ends up looking like uh, a pair of broomstick, a uh, pair of witches That's what I was on broomsticks. Thinking. Like I uh, got Harry Potter over here playing his <laughs> freaking game there on this broomstick. Yeah, so it looks like they're flying broomsticks across this world, and it's funny because they're like, oh yeah, these handcuffs are uh, voice, you know, activated or whatever, and they kept telling it to release. Nothing's release, happening. Release. It never works as you anticipate it to work. So they start flying through the world, and then they fall. But it's okay, because the TARDIS catches them conveniently. And throughout the episode, the TARDIS has, like, extra doors inside of it. Uh, not extra doors. The door is moving. The door itself is moving. Like, they walk inside, yeah. and, and then the door is somewhere else. Which doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, it's the TARDIS. It can sort of reform itself. But what's that about? Sometimes, so, yeah, some, some, sometimes these things have a grander scale, a grander reasoning behind why it's happening. Right. Uh, and then they'll look at that later on in the season. But sometimes, sometimes it's just kind of random to be random. And I don't know if that's the case on this one or not. Well, um, there's, there's uh, one time I believe the doctor, I think intentionally moved the door so that when you went into the TARDIS, it was sideways and you would fall into the pool or something, right? That makes sense. That was a thing. Yeah, I, I do remember something like that. I think it was uh, Matt Smith. Okay. When we come back from the intro, we're now in Liverpool of 1820. This scene feels random. Yeah, I, I really don't uh, know any relevance to what's going on with that. Uh, My that guess for this is the connection to the end when we know what happens to the girl when she has a run-in with a former villain. Perhaps. I think she's going to be transported here, which is the past this, and this, whatever. This but guy in this 1820 know. looks like uh, Scrooge. He probably is Scrooge. It's about the right time period. <laughs> <laughs> By the time this season finishes, it'll be almost Christmas, so maybe. Maybe. Something's going on. They are building some kind of tunnel. One of the guys that talks to the other guys like, this tunnel's obscure and it makes no sense why you're doing it. What's the point? And he's like, there's a point. I swear there's a point. <laughs> and that's uh, basically all you know about the scene. I mean, that's, that's about the extent of it. Because it just, it shoots to present day and we're still in Liverpool, just present day, where we meet our good friend, Dan, who right. thinks he's a tour guide, but apparently he's not. I, d I don't know. He's just uh, enthusiastic he just, about the museum. He's very enthusiastic, very <laughs> passionate about the museum and about Liverpool in general, I think. I, I'm, I'm not sure. But, okay, that's so you meet him. And then you go to the TARDIS and you see that, I guess, uh, the Doctor has a vision. Okay, he ha she has a vision of Swarm. Which is Swarm a creepy is dude. A he's one of the creepiest looking dudes, I think, in any of New Who. Yeah. Okay, I can't speak for classic, but I, I would imagine there's nothing this creepy in classic either. 
It tends to be more on the cheesy side for classic. I mean, I would actually say that maybe, maybe this is the creepiest or best even villain of Chibnall's career so far. Yeah, well, what was the other, the ori- other original one he had was like, uh, the guy had like glass all over his face or something. No, that was te- it was teeth. It, it was teeth all over his face. Oh, teeth, teeth, teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, t- Tim, Tim, Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this dude is basically Emperor Palpatine. He's like stuck to a wall because he's been in prison for like eternity, like all of time. And they got these two guards that show up on the planet to, I, I don't know, make sure that he's still imprisoned, I guess. Like, it's just a couple of guards. Yeah. One, it's the end of her tenure. The other is who's replacing her. Right. And she's like, don't worry about this guy, okay? He's been here since forever, since I've known him, and he'll be here forevermore. But the guy's like, wrong. <laughs> and he gets himself free. He gets himself free, and just by basically looking at the guard, disintegrates her and takes her life force or something. Because he he turns into... a. A dude who kind of looks like Red Skull in the Captain America series. Yeah. He changes his appearance. I guess he kind of looks more livelier, if you want to call it that. But both versions of him are both kind of creepy. Now, this is interesting because uh, if he's changing his appearance over time, each time he absorbs somebody, which he does via basically a Thanos snap... Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. If he's changing his appearance each time, maybe by the end of it, he's gonna look like something we're familiar with, and we don't know it yet. Oh, good point. Good point. He could look more human. He could look more like something else. But right now, he just kind of has his own appearance. But yeah, he definitely has this thing where he does kind of like a Thanos snap, like you said, where he changes his appearance. I don't know if he's supposed to be looking different altogether or to look younger or more lively than he did before. It could just be getting more power. It could be because there's two different uh, appearances and they're both creepy. They're both monstrous. Yeah. And he kind of looks like a skeleton a little bit. That's why I said Red Skull. Yeah, he does. He has has red, it's more purple maybe skin. It's kind of a purplish, kind of like uh, Ivan Ooze from Power Rangers. He's going around killing people. That's all we really know about him, but he does know the doctor. We know that much. He says, he's like, I'm free now. Yeah. He says, trick or treat, doctor. Because it's Halloween. Yes. And, it's a Halloween special, guy. And, and here's the thing. I was under the impression that I didn't think people in the UK celebrated Halloween. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like they were in the episodes, and so maybe that's changed over time. But I, I feel like that. I th- thought that was more of an American thing. I'm actually unsure if they do or not. However, I don't see why not. And right. I think Halloween is a perffect time for a Doctor Who special. I think this is perfect. Yeah, I exactly. think this fits. I think it fits it way more than it has for Christmas or New Year's. I think this makes so much more sense. Sure. Although um, I like Christmas so specials. I'm, New Year's kind of eh, whatever. Yeah. Well, Christmas is just like more fun yeah. than anything else. It's it it's it's it it breaks the tradition of what Doctor Who typically is just to do a one-off type of thing. Mm-hmm. But this kind of fits the tone of the show more, you know, and it, it gets to be a little bit more creepy than typical. So going back to Dan, we see what's going on in his life, and he's approached by some trick-or-treaters, blah blah blah, as well as a I want to say a drunkard shows up trying to trick-or-treat an adult tries to trick-or-treat at his house yeah and he's like dude we had some we had somebody like that last night (laughs) Uh, an an adult 
Uh, yes. Okay. Well, see, <laughs> what we did, what we did at my house was we turned off the light and we uh, escaped to the back room and tried to hide from everybody else. Ah, oh, that's fun. Which I feel like is something that our grandmother did at one point. <laughs> She's not to do. Anyways, back to whatever. He's kidnapped. Good old Dan. He's kidnapped. Okay. What is he kidnapped by? A big Chewbacca. dog looking alien. Chewbacca. And he tries <laughs> to use the force on the dude, too. He tries to do force suggestion. He, he, he waves his yeah, hand. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's right. He waves his hand. I forget what he says, but he waves his hand in front of Dan and he's like, You will do this. And he's like, No, I don't think I will. <laughs> because apparently the Jedi mind trick does not work on Dan. Right. I don't know if that's just because he's human Maybe or he's... if it's because he's special. Well, in Star Wars, if you were too smart, it wouldn't work on you. So maybe that has something to do with it. All right. Now, side note on Chewbacca here. Cavanista, Cavanista, whatever his name is. Carvanista. There's a book on the New Who series with, with the 13th Doctor where she meets these species called the Lobos. I think it's called the Lobos. They are dogs, essentially. And I remember that specifically because I remember the cat-like creatures with David Tennant. Right, so, yeah. So I guess these are a different dog breed because this is not Lobos. This is something else entirely, but it's still a dog. And, Whatever. and when I was watching these guys, it, it almost sounded like he was describing, probably not, but it, it to me it sounded like, you know, they said they had a bond with humans. So I was wondering, are these supposed to be actual dogs? And they maybe they were <laughs> in disguise <laughs> as dogs. And then, <laughs> yeah, man's best friend. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All we know is that this guy's kidnapped. We don't know why. He's just a general dude right but he's kidnapped and i don't know what it was that brought the doctor and yaz to his house probably just the fact that she's tracking cavanista or cavanista or whatever yeah i don't know she said something like i gotta see a man about a dog right yep <laughs> and so she shows up there i guess there's something with the computer in the house it's not really the guy's computer or something. Yeah, it's where she finds out about a, a troop, a seven billion uh, Cavanista or whatever their species is that's heading towards Earth, and then they have to run out of the house because suddenly the house basically vanishes, but it doesn't vanish. It shrinks. It shrinks like uh, like Ant Man does stuff, you know, where they shrink the houses, basically. Yes. Or if you want to call it like uh, that machine that the master has that shrinks things right yeah that's true that thing too okay so from here we meet some more people because we need to meet more people <laughs> we have these two couple living on i don't know an island or something but they basically have a house that's in the middle right. of absolutely nowhere i i totally okay? forgot about them <laughs> yeah they have a couple they live in a house in the middle of absolutely nowhere and uh, we don't know basically anything about them. They are in the Arctic yet. Circle. The Arctic Circle? Yes. I guess I missed that part. But they live in this place. There's this UFO-looking thing that shows up, and they're like, nah, and they break it. <laughs> it's supposed to be a warning of some kind. It's a warning, but I guess they didn't care enough to look into it. They basically want to uh, live in denial of the warning. Well, that's <laughs> never a good idea, as we soon learn. We move away from them, and we... We visit them a little bit later, but first, we learn more about what's going on with Dan. He's 
hanging out with Chewbacca. And we also know that he's taken because we don't know yet. We just know that it doesn't matter that he's a nobody. Yeah. He's just somebody that the Cavanista has to grab for an unknown purpose at this and point. We, and we know we that Carvanista won't kill him. Like, he, he, he we tempts him. We know that him. much. Like, he's annoyed. Yeah. He's annoyed at the guy. He's like, you have a meaningless existence, but whatever. I'm going to grab you anyways. I'm going to protect you anyways. Because why? Because something's barreling towards Earth about to destroy it, right? Because we already learned that from the first scene. Right. Soon, Dr. Niaz will show up on the ship and find that out for themselves. But first, they have a run-in with Claire. We don't know anything about this woman, okay? This is one of those instances in the episode where just some, this random person shows up. There's a bit of those. Claire shows up. Yeah, this is going to be a timey-wimey situation. So Claire comes up, and she knows the doctor. The doctor does not know Claire. And she's like, oh, that's right. I'm sorry. We haven't met yet. We will meet in the past. I think. I think. <laughs> she's, she's kind of, uh, something's going on with her head, but we don't know yet. It's a very timey-wimey situation. I think I think I guess the, you'll have to meet me in the past. I think she says you, you will meet me in the past, or at least I hope that's what's going to happen. So she says something like that, and that's about the most very, of what we get from her. That's at the about time. the extent of it, because when she walks away to her house, which I think we see later in the episode, but I'll say it right now, she goes back to her house, and we see for the first time in a long time an angel, a weeping angel, weeping angel, which I think this scene is done very very well. Yes. Um, I think I think Chris Chibnall did a pretty darn good job, though he didn't direct it. He wrote it, right? I don't think he directs, but, does he? I don't think he does. Yeah, he, d- he didn't direct it. He wrote it. And so this woman has this whole situation where she's telling herself, don't blink, don't blink, don't blink. And she's walking backwards to her house. And by the end, she finally gets the door open, but the angel attacks. You don't see what happens to her until maybe uh, like a montage at the end and end of the episode when it's showing all the characters you met throughout the episode and i believe she was sent to the past uh, again everything was just like a flash okay so after that what yaz and uh the doctor show up at cavanister ship oh no wait i'm sorry there's that was... another guy that we have met and i don't know anything about there's this black right guy. he's he's he? at a station he's at a station that's called rose the station is called Ob- I didn't catch observation that. outpost rose that's weird. Yeah. Any relation? <laughs> I mean, it could just be a, a, a an Easter egg, you know. It could be an Easter egg. You never know with Doctor Who. Could also be a connection to actual Rose. It and then be. she shows up. I feel like it would be called Bad Wolf, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> and not actually Rose, <laughs> if it was actually her. Uh, but, yeah, so we meet him. We don't know anything about him in this episode. He was one of the people that has a flash at the end, too. Right. He, so. so he was out at the observation post, and he was observing the flux, basically, right? He's just watching it. Yeah. And he's, he's like, seeing it this? destroy worlds, and then it's, it's it's you know... Yeah, yeah, we finally get to see the flux itself, which is the, it's, it's this planet-eating cloud, which reminds me of Marvel. No, that was... <laughs> you're thinking of the uh, second Fantastic Four movie. Galactus! Right. Galactus. You're thinking of Galactus, Galactus in the right. second fantastic four movie which is very much not like what galactus is supposed to be right (laughs) well i'm still thinking of it though right isn't there actually a planet killing thing in marvel though that isn't galactus that is basically the same thing i'm not familiar with a cloud that galactus is like a like a person in the comics well i get that but i'm saying not galactus yes i I, I don't know anything else like that 
we'll shelve that for later. <laughs> All right, so so we go back to our people on the Arctic Circle, or whatever, and we find out more about them. The guy in the relationship apparently is a nobody, an absolute nobody. But the woman, it's like a female version of Swarm. Swarm. It's a female version of Swarm. It's his sister, Swarm's sister. Uh, so he like does this energy thing where he like reminds her of who she is. Yeah. And then she turns into Skeletor too. Well, I don't know. First, he evaporates the dude, and then she's confusingly thankful. She's like, "Why am I happy that? Why do I feel like just this? Did? Well, what's going on right now?" And it's probably yeah, because yeah. he just gave her his the energy from the dead guy or something, right? Or something. Sort of bring her back to her normal state. Probably that makes sense. I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. Like I thought he just like disintegrated that guy. Well, yeah, but and then that probably gave her the energy to come back to her normal ugly appearance <laughs> uh, yep yep you gotta go back to you. she's like she's like a instead of like a red or a purple skull type she's like she's more skeleton like she's white maybe some sparkles i feel like there's some sparkles in there the doctor and yaz show up on cabinista's ship and they find out what's actually going on with with them they're not actually attacking earth that's what the doctor thought she thought that the Cavanista was attacking Earth and going to destroy it, or whatever. She thought it was the people on the acid planet, which she was wrong. Instead, they're actually there to protect the humans. All those ships, all those seven billion ships are showing up on Earth. He showed up first in order to collect the humans and take them away from the flux that is coming to destroy the Earth. And apparently their ships are like indestructible or something. Uh, they, I don't know if they're indestructible, but they're supposedly powerful enough to stop whatever the flux is. Right. Or protect the, the against cloud. it, anyway. And there's one ship for every human. There's one, uh, dog and ship for every human. I mean, that seems to be a waste. Yeah, it seems incre- you know incredibly inefficient. But it, it, but it comes but in handy. Yes. But apparently, this is the idea of the season, I think, is the flux, is it? Or is it is it more of a swarm situation? Well, the, the season sure. slash miniseries is referred to as Doctor Who Flux. It is called that. Yeah. So what happens after this is the Doctor takes Dan away from him, and he's very offended by this. I guess, you know, I guess it makes sense. A dog would be offended if he took their humans away from them. And he takes that as a... Well, and it's his mission offense. as well, you know. He, he doesn't seem to... It's also his mission. He doesn't seem to particularly he, he, he's care. He's pointless without his human. He doesn't seem to particularly care about Dan, but that's the reason he's there, you know. He's trying to protect Dan's life as per the bond yeah. that they share. One, one dog per human. And so they take him away, at least momentarily. Temporarily, at least for now. They'll probably be back later. However, this is when we find out who the real villain is, or one of them, or one of many, Centauran. Oh, well, I don't know if they're the real villain, but they are involved in some capacity. They seem to be in control of the flux. No, I don't think they're in right? control of it. I think they see it as a threat they're as well. They're like, attack, and here comes the flux. I don't know. That's just how I saw it. I thought that they were also seeing the flux as a threat. And they were, you know, they, they saw no, that as a challenge or something, you know. I don't know. I don't know where they are. They just kind of seem to be around. I don't know about a threat. Well, yeah, because they like, like they a, like battle. Attack! They like... I like a battle! Yeah, they like battle. So they would see a threat as something that's fun, you know? They are in this episode, too, just to add to the random obscurity of how many people are in this season. Yeah. Or whatever. Like I said, there's so much happening in this episode. So the Doctor has not figured out anything about the flux yet, I guess. 
but she goes often to the end of the universe, I guess, and then she sees it yeah. for herself, and then she's like, oh, shoot, not good. <laughs> so then she tell, then she has yet another vision. This time she sees Swarm, but she does not recognize him, but like Claire, he recognizes her. He's like, oh, let's dance again, whatever that means. He's like, I'm, I'm evil, and... We've had many battles together and whatever. I, I don't know anything else about him. Uh, he Actually, he kind of reminds me of, you know, uh, instead of Red Skull, let's say he reminds me of that dancing demon in uh, in uh, the Buffy the Vampire uh, musical. The dancing demon? I don't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's the reason why the musical happened in that episode. Okay. He made people dance and then dance so hard that they blow up. <laughs> that's who he reminds me of so she has that vision she doesn't know what to think of it yet other than seeing it in a vision right and then she has a plan of protecting earth and that basically is to take all these cavernous this is why there's seven billion ships take all the ships connect them like like a shield i don't know legos and yeah yeah yeah. now this also reminded me of marvel yeah they did that in guardians of the galaxy right Yes, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. They allegedly protect the Earth, though we don't see it happen yet, but that's the idea anyways. Mm -hmm. But the problem is they aren't in the barrier. They're outside in space, and the Flux is barreling towards the TARDIS. And I I don't know, as a, a last-ditch effort, she shoots a bunch of TARDIS energy at it. Right. Uh, it was time vortex energy. The time vortex energy, and it literally it does nothing, apparently. So she's like, oh, the end of the world or the end of the universe. I always wonder what it would feel like. I feel, and... I feel like the Doctor has encountered the end of the universe many times, so that's kind of an awkward line. Yeah, so, right. And so what happens? We don't know. It's a cliffhanger. But that's when there's the quick flashes of everybody, what's going on with their lives. And that's our episode. That's, uh, that's episode one of uh, Halloween Apocalypse. Though, obviously, there are some things to talk about in terms of series 13 uh, that we have not discussed that most people do know already. We can have a spoiler section, but just know that I don't know everything. <laughs> I don't I don't know right. everything, um, especially involving... I'll, I'll, just, I'll just leave it at that. I don't know everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. We can have a spoiler discussion. I don't know everything either. I'm not going to be talking about the stuff that I see in the season 13 Wikipedia page. Okay. I'm going to be talking about stuff more so in terms of what well, most I'll say, people already know. I'll say what I know, in terms of, and if you if you don't hear me yeah, say yeah, something, talk, you don't say yeah, anything yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll go first, but be... Uh, stuff that I want to say BBC America has, has, you know, put out, as they usually do, uh, officially. Okay. Stuff like that. What's, what follows, everybody, if you're still listening, is uh, spoiler discussion. But it's going to be, I want to say they're more mild spoilers, stuff that you probably already know. But if you are somebody that lives under a rock, you might not know it. So that's, Or, I mean, uh, if you just don't follow warning. the show's uh, social media or uh, news... Uh, announcements you you might not know them right so you've been warned so andy take away what you know about this season what i what i know is that i i don't know it <laughs> okay. I, I know that i don't okay. know okay what i know is not necessarily specific to this season that's what i was gonna say okay. so um okay i know that jody whitaker is going to uh be finished 
with the doctor at some point and that Chris Chibnall will also be leaving and that Russell T. Davies will be taking his place with a new doctor. What I believe, now I don't know this for a fact, I believe Russell T. Davies will be starting with the 50th, uh, with the 60th anniversary next uh, in 2023. So I don't know if there's more of the 13th Doctor before that, after this season, or if this season is the end of it. I also don't know if this six-episode run is the entire season, or if it's, you know, maybe they'll have another run next year sometime, and it'll be like season season 13, part two sort of thing. I don't know. So I I highly doubt that. Yeah, it seems the, with the way that they've been going, it seems unlikely that they would do that. But from what I what I gather, it's it's possible that they could have another season next year of the Thirteenth Doctor before her exit. Yeah, because see, it, the 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 60th anniversary would be 2023. So there's a whole a I whole guess, year there where they could do something still. I guess I cannot think of a specific news source that says that her last season is season 13 i've just been saying that it has been because i'm pretty sure it is like it that's usually the case usually when they announce it before the season that's why they're doing it is because that's where the season's going to end so it's very possible i i again like i you're right i have i can't think of anything that says specifically that it is what you said about russell t davies joining for the 60th I didn't read anything about that. I figured he would be there. Well, okay. I knew, I know he's going to be in charge of the 60th, but what I don't know is if that's his first thing. Okay. I don't know that for a fact. Right. I think, I figured he would eventually get there, but I figured he would be on from season 14 on. That's, that's just how I pictured it. It's possible, but maybe I shouldn't say what I do know about his start. Should I say? Go for it. Maybe, maybe you're mistaken. Okay, so what I did read is that he does begin in 2023. Really? So I don't know if that is specifically on the 60th anniversary or if there's another season before that. But I do know that that's the year that he begins. Well, there's every chance in the world that we'll have another huge freaking gap between seasons. Yeah. It happens all the time, apparently. Now, here's something I see on the episode list. It doesn't it doesn't describe what happens, but it says for series 13 flux underneath that. It says the main run of season, series 13 was entitled Doctor Who flux. I don't know if that just means while it was airing, this is what they called it. Or if it means maybe there's more to series 13 than just flux. I don't know. Maybe there will be specials or something. I don't know. So that that's what they could do next year is specials. I don't know. I just find I also find it interesting that there hasn't been any books uh, for a while. Uh, usually there's like three books a year for each season of Doctor Who, and there was like one for the, her first run. I, I believe there was a comic or, or something in the in the uh, episode uh, Wikia. It does say there was. Um, a prelude to Doctor Who Flux called The Flux is Coming. Oh, it was a webcast. Never mind. That's not a comic. A webcast? That sounds like a... It just sounds like a trailer. Like a Zoom call. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say um, in the uh, episode page, there is a, a link to another thing called The Forest Bride Comic Story. And it takes place, it's the first comic strip to explicitly be set after the on-screen departures of Ryan and Graham. So it takes place between the end of last season and the beginning of this one. I did not see that. I think the last comic that I saw for Doctor Who was actually the one where the 13th Doctor shares her story with David Tennant's Doctor. Mm, right. 
It was marked the end of the main comic strip's second hiatus starting in March brought upon by the struggles of the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, this comic just came out in oct- this this month or last month, October. That's probably why I have not seen it. Maybe I can find it after this uh, podcast and uh, see if it's any good to talk about next time. There's also a short story called Black Powder. I think it's part of the comic, though, so I'm not sure. Black Powder. Okay, well, I'll, I'll look it up after this and see if it's worth it. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it'll give some clarity to Claire or some other characters that's just kind of obscure in this episode. Right. Uh, but yeah, but the season of Smaller on the Outside is obviously going to be short, but I will say not as short as a Sherlock season. <laughs> Very true. So there is that. It's twice as long. How exciting is that? Maybe by the end of the season, we'll get a little bit more clues as to what might be happening next. Yeah, I mean, it. You know, maybe as uh, as you were saying, we can we can talk about this in this section here. We were talking earlier. You mentioned you thought maybe the the Thanos snap thing could potentially be what causes the regeneration. Maybe so. Swarm is going around killing people with like life sucking force or just disintegrating force. And if he does that to the doctor, which it seems like he wants to do, he wants to find her. Mm-hmm. What is that going to do to her? Right. So it's po- it's very possible that if this season is the last season, then that's why. Although that seems like a depressing ending of the season. <laughs> oh, one thing we never mentioned was uh, Carvinista is a member of that group, the Division. The Division from last season. Uh, we learned we learned a little bit about them last season, but we don't. I can't remember exactly what it was about them. The purpose of the division was to intervene in times when it was necessary and that that the Time Lords could not intervene. They were secret. They officially did not exist. The the men in black. And their history was mostly er erased from the Matrix, which is, you know, the Time Lords computer system, basically. Which is why she can't remember certain things. And erased from the Doctor. (laughs) Throughout this episode, you may have heard some small children yapping about and that's i'm, I'm gonna say that's probably because uh, uh covid i'm gonna i'm gonna blame covid <laughs> uh because i have to record this podcast from home instead of my studio and stuff right that's the reason for that and uh, in, enjoy that for 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 the nearby future okay and uh <laughs> But that was the episode. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I know there's going. My to- my main issue was uh, the audio mixing on uh, BBC America, especially. I think they might have had a volume leveling system where the uh, where they try to keep an overall s- similar volume. Which the problem is then if certain um, sound effects or music gets really loud, then they turn down the volume to make uh, to adjust for that. Mm-hmm. But then that means the voices yeah. get turned down and you can't he- can't hear them very much. Which, with when you have yeah. the kind of accents you have in this show, it, it that makes it hard to hear. Especially because of the accents. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I did enjoy the episode. Uh, I know there's there's probably going to be a ton of people out there that will hate it because that is just how Doctor Who works. It's basically like Star Wars. You're going to have a lot of fans that hate it. I mean, that's that's always been the case. I mean, I, I, ever since I've been following along with the fan base, which would be Matt Smith, as the show was airing, people disliked the current Doctor, the current creator, and then they loved it when it was gone. The only thing that I'm thinking is with Russell T. Davies returning... 
that may not be the case anymore because everybody loves Russell Russell T Davies uh, from the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he's he's a popular one. And the thing about Russell T Davies that's interesting is I was thinking when they had announced that um, that Chris Chibnall was leaving and they hadn't announced the the replacement yet, I was thinking Russell T Davies would be a good choice. Last time they replaced the head writer, I looked through the list. Chris Chibnall was like the best. Um, choice out of all of the writers based on how I rated the episodes but even then he wasn't that great of a choice the only th- only reason I was uh, excited about him is because he he ran the Broadchurch show which I did like um, so I did I did okay. think he had potential but um, in, in terms of Doctor Who he didn't have a huge uh, selection of, of great episodes like uh, you know uh, like Stephen Moffat did before but you get rid of Chris Chibnall, and there's nobody really that stands out among all the writers on the show. I mean, I'd have to go through the list again to see. But so when I think about that, when there's like nobody really standing out that I want would want to replace him, my mind goes to Russell T Davies because you know Stephen Moffat just quit, so he's not going to come back. But Russell T Davies, he's been gone for a while. So my mind was already thinking about that before they announced it. So that's kind of cool. Going back to the episode, uh, the uh, only thing that I would say that I didn't enjoy was just the fact that in general, it was kind of convoluted because there's all this random stuff happening. But when it comes down to shows about time travel, a lot of that's just stuff you don't know what's going on. Right. And you have to think of this episode as basically act one, right? This is the opening act of the story. So we're just it's just a lot of setup. There's no payoff yet. That's going to be an issue with any any like the first movie in a trilogy is going to be like that too, you know, where we're setting up a lot of stuff but not not paying much off. So it's the same kind of idea. So anyways, like I said, um I did enjoy the episode. I'm curious about where it's going to go from here. I I hope it doesn't get too complicated. I hope that most of the complicated confusing stuff was just in this episode to kind of introduce you to right. all these different characters and then they can kind of flesh it out from there right i think out. we'll get if more clarity over to, the over the next few episodes if it continues to be a little bit confusing i might be a little bit worried but if this is as it appears to be the final act of jody whitaker then i hope it gains more clarity and kind of goes out with a bang but only time will tell thanks for tuning in <laughs> i guess and uh until next week, I don't know the episode of that one. I, I don't know the title I don't know either. The title of that yet, so I'm not gonna look it up. We're just gonna find out as we go along. Maybe it's as just, it shows up on the DVR. Maybe it's just called Halloween Apocalypse Part Two. I don't, I don't know. know. No, it's, it'll probably call, be called Chapter Two something because this was like called Chapter One Halloween, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, it, it they do so, call it Chapter One as well on the uh, page. I'm not sure where that comes from. Maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe okay. Flux so Chapter One. Officially Chapter One. Flux or... Chapter One is the Halloween Apocalypse, basically. Flux Chapter One. Okay, that's fine. So until Chapter Two, I guess. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Leave your comments somewhere. Um, Do we have comment pages? You, we we might. I'm not entirely sure anymore. Uh, our podcasting service added a bunch of stuff over the last year. Well, there's always. Uh, can they tweet to you? They can tweet to me. I do have a small on the outside Twitter account, though I have not gotten into that in a long time. But you can tweet my movie page, which is I A M D W G I M D W G, or you can search "Interpreting the Stars," which is me. Uh, or you can find Andy. Yeah, you can. At <laughs> just 
that just up. search Andy Gillian and find one of my many YouTube or, or Twitter. You could just search Andy Gillian, which is, by the way, an incredibly easy last name to uh, to come up with by yourself. Otherwise, G I L L E A N D. By the way, I'm also on on Tracked TV, where you can track what I'm watching. We are both on Tracked.tv, which is, uh, I, I feel like more and more these days, people just don't know what the heck that is. I, I've not been seeing a popularity increase on that website whatsoever. Uh, unfortunate, because it's a, it's, a, it's a freaking great website. I don't, yeah. you know what, whatever. So you can find us on Tracked.tv as well. Uh, where you can see our progress with the uh, Doctor Who as well as movies and other TV shows that we are watching because we need to track that stuff because if we didn't track it, we would get behind and lose track of everything <laughs> and stuff. You said track a lot. That's because we're talking about track. <laughs> track to track to dot TV. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, until next time, uh, peace, peace out. out.